And uh, so I'm in a pretty good mood. They're going to beat K-State this next week. And uh, no, somebody said no, they're not. <laughs> Bill, uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking we can do this. We can pull this out. They're going to beat K-State next week, and then the following, they're going to beat Oklahoma. <laughs> Keep dreaming, huh? Keep dreaming. Hey, we can, we can, I'm speaking it from the pulpit. I'm speaking it. I'm prophesying over my horns today. Come on, they're going to win. Amen. Uh, uh, hey, it, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. This amazing day today, we're going to be baptizing both services. What an amazing week. I'm, I'm excited. We, uh, we have a lot of great things going on, but today we need to get into his word for a moment. So I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter number 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, and I want to show you, uh, I want to introduce to you the first time we ever see the prophet Elijah. Now you guys know I love to preach on Elijah. Why do I love to preach on Elijah? Because Elijah did a lot of great things for God, but Elijah also struggled in different ways, and just like me and you do, and it shows that, I, I want you to go to verse number one, because it said, and Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe, okay? The first time we ever see Elijah introduces him and it says, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. God introduces Elijah to us, the Tishbite from Tishbe, um, and, and he brings us, we, we, he just comes out of nowhere. Elijah comes out of nowhere on the scene, and, and, and can I tell you something amazing today? I, I, I love that, uh, how many of you ever heard of someone being named Elijah? You've heard of it? It's kind of a popular name, Elijah. The, the, the word Elijah in Hebrew actually means my God is Yahweh. So when Elijah would introduce himself to people, he said, my name is my God is Yahweh. Kind of confusing, huh? But I love the fact that he, he, he says, my God is the God of the Bible. My, my God is the one true living God. Hear, O Israel, I am the Lord your God. Elijah didn't hide from it. Elijah didn't beat around the bush about it because in this moment in time, God's people were serving so many other gods. But I love the fact that God used Elijah. He used Elijah because his name meant my God is Yahweh. He used him to pave the way for the faith. He used them to, to cast down the other idols that, the, that his people had turned to in the land of Canaan. Listen today, God's people came into the promised land. They came into the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. If you're listening, say I am. Hey, and so he come, they come into this place, but when they get there, the people that were there were already serving all these different gods. And so what happens is God's people, they would serve the one true living God, but when things didn't work out the way that they wanted to, they would supplement the other gods. When they didn't get what they wanted, when they didn't understand, and so they started supplementing all these other gods, and I know that we don't do that today. We don't supplement idols in our life, and we don't supplement things in our life, but they did. Does that sound like our world today? You see, God is so much more. Listen to me. Yes, he's the only way to heaven, and yes, through him we are saved, and that's how we, we get to spend eternity, but he wants to be not just the God that gets you to heaven. He wants to be the God of your everyday life, and so he brings his people. I wanted to introduce you to Elijah today because I love Elijah. It's been three and a half years, no rain, three and a half years. Everybody say that's a long time. Go with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the, the, the passage today from chapter 18. 
If you read chapter 17, which I know you will this week, you will read all the miracles that, that God used Elijah to do. It, it shows that he was fed by the birds at the brook that day. And so God was leading Elijah. Elijah was a rainmaker, but remember Elijah was also a runner. Right after that, that the rain came, that, that Elijah fell into a deep depression and he ran. Listen to this today, though, in verse number 1 in chapter 18. And it came to pass after many days. Everybody say long time. After many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. There's been things that we're dealing with, coach, in our life. We've been dealing with them for a long time. There's been relationships in our life that have been broken for a long time. There's been things in our life that we haven't understand and we've been trying to fix for a long time. We've, we've been coming to church and we've been praising him, but, but there's some things, would, would, you, would you agree with me today, church? There's some things that we've been dealing with for a, a long time. And I love the fact that it shows us that God is not just a quick fix God, that, that sometimes things take some time and sometimes he'll take us through some things to, to, to strengthen us and to teach us and, and so that we can lean on him. And, and I came to tell you today, hey, look, he wants to bring Bring you to a place of decision. He wants to take you to the top of that mountain today so that you can face what you've been. Look, look, it's, it's been a long time. Someone the other day said, man, I've been dealing with this for a long time. Many days, the Bible says. Three and a half. Well, uh, we, we know this because James chapter 5, 16, 17 tells us that, that, uh, that, that a man just like us named Elijah prayed for no rain. And there was no rain for about three and a half years. And there's been some things that we've been dealing with for a long time. Are you with me, Sam? There's been some things in our past that we've been dealing with for a long time. Everybody say long time. I love this. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. By the way, the way that you pronounce his name is in Hebrew is Eliyahu. Isn't that, that just sounds awesome, don't it? I believe that, that, that God was like, look, you, you guys have been serving and you have all these prophets and King Ahab. By the way, King Ahab was the most wickedest king to ever uh, walk on the face of the earth. He, he was a wicked person, but, but his wife was actually more wicked than him, Jezebel. And, and uh, I heard a good preacher say one time, the last decision that Ahab ever made was, I do. Are you with me? That's funny, church. You're supposed to laugh. Y'all awake yet? But, but his wife was more wicked than him, and, and, and she ran a lot of the, the things. And So I want to show you something, though, because right here in the first passage of Scripture, said the word of, word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. And look at verse 2. And Elijah went. You know what I learned from this church this week? When God spoke, Elijah went. Are you with me? When God spoke, Elijah went. And yes, Elijah fell into a depression. Yes, Elijah ran. Yes, Elijah was just like us. He struggled in areas of his life. But when God spoke his word, Elijah went, church. He said, go, and Elijah went. He said, I want you to go here to the widow's house. Elijah went. I want you to go to the brook. Elijah went. You see, I want you to know we can learn something today. I wonder in our walk, in our faith, when God speaks, do we go? When God tells us to give, do we give? When God tells us reach out to someone do we reach out to him because when God spoke to Elijah Elijah went I love that today I've been many times that God's told me to do something because of my own stubbornness I didn't do it because of fear and because of doubt but Eliyahu my God is Yahweh when the world says no way God's people say Yahweh 
First Kings, look at verse number two. And Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. And now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. I, I want to stop for a second, ju just for a minute, because when, when, when Elijah, when God wanted to, to send a message to King Ahab through Elijah, and we, and we see Obadiah, how many have ever heard of someone named Obadiah? Not really. Maybe? That's awesome. I've never, never heard of just in the Bible. We don't hear about Obadiah as much as we heard about Elijah, do we, Jesse? He's kind of a back, back scene guy. He, he's kind of a behind-the-scenes prophet. But, but, but I want you to know something today, that, that God doesn't always use the preacher, Elijah. God will use the Obadiahs in this room. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say that there's some moms in this room that can change the world even more than the preacher can. There, there's some business owners that can rise up and, and proclaim the name of Jesus through their business. And, and it's not just the preacher. I came to tell you there's something about being faithful and something about fearing God and something about living with strength and obedience. Look, I, 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 want, I wrote this down in my notes. There's something about the Obadiahs that, that God will use. I wrote this in my notes and we find it. Don't overlook ordinary obedience. Because Elijah was a, he was doing crusades and he was preaching he was the Billy Graham of the Old Testament. Are you with me? Say I am. And Obadiah was just faithful because look at what he did. Go with me to verse 4. For so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 150 prophets and he hid them. 50 a cave and had fed them with bread and water. So while, uh, you, you see, Elijah got to come on the scene and say there's not going to be any rain. And then he got to run away. But, but Obadiah stayed there, and he had this underground uh, preacher thing going on. And he would hide them from, from the king and from the wickedness. And so he was just faithful, and he was steady, and he was behind the scenes. But, but there's something about it. When I gave my life to Jesus, it, was, it wasn't the preacher that caught my attention, but it was those people that had been serving the Lord for 30 years. It was those people, when they lost everything they had, that stood up and said, I still stand on the rock. Jesus Christ, he's the author, he's the finisher of my faith. It was those people who would go through everything and come against them. Wickedness would come into their life and they would say, there's nothing that can come against me that shall prosper. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Are you with me today, church? There's something about being steady. When I look to, look, look, every, I, I didn't really have an example of what a, a lasting godly marriage was. And so I would look to people that when I, when I got to church that had been married for 40 years, and then I remember asking April's grandpa, what, what's the secret? And he, if you've ever met him, you know, he, he had this little smirk about him, and he smiled, just do what she says, son, and you'll be all right. <laughs> I never will forget that. But, but there's something about it, and I, I, I didn't want to talk, I didn't want to skip over Obadiah, because there's some Obadiahs in the room that God just needs you to be faithful and steady and strong. He needs you to stand up when everyone else is sitting down. He needs you to, to rise up today and say, you know what, regardless of what comes against me, I will serve the Lord with all my heart. If you're listening, say, I am. When God spoke, Elijah responded. Everybody say, how long? We're going to get there in just a second. Ahab said to Obadiah in verse number 5, Go into the land to all the springs of water and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not 
have to kill any livestock. I want you to understand what was going on here because um, there, there was famine in the land. And so uh, King Ahab says, I want, I want to divide the, the territory between me and you, Obadiah. And we're going to go. I, I don't have time to read all the verses today. But I want you to go and I want you to see if you can find any rain because their animals were dying. Understand this, church, that, that God's people were shepherds. When they came into the promised land, they weren't farmers. And so when they got there, the, these, uh, these people that were already there, that had already inhabited the land, they were serving all these different gods, these agricultural gods and these fertility gods. When you understand the culture and when you understand the context of the scripture, it comes alive to you. Look at verse 6. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Look at this though in verse 7. Now Obadiah was on his way and suddenly... Elijah met him, Eliyahu, and he recognized him, and he fell on his face and said, Is that you, my Lord, Elijah? And look at what he says. And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your master, Eliyahu is here. Go tell your master that Elijah is here. Now, hold on a second. There was a bounty on Elijah's head because he had called for no rain because God's people had began to supplement other gods in their life, and they had turned aside from the one true living God. And so, hey, look, look, God caused a drought for many days. And so Elisha appears on the scene to Obadiah, who Obadiah had been faithful and serving and steady, and he had been behind the scenes, and he says, I want you to go tell King Ahab that Elijah is here. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to summarize it for you because Obadiah's like, hold on, bro. You, you, you preached a sermon, the rain stopped, and you left. And I've been here the whole time. And if I go and tell King Ahab that you're here and you run again, it's my head. It, it's me that's going to cause, it, it, look, it's, it's my life that, that's going to be taken away. And so I want you to go with me, look, to verse number 16. If you're listening, say I am. Everybody say how long. I want you to stay with me. I'm going somewhere this morning. Look at this. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And look at verse 17. And then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is that you? Look at what he says to him. O troubler of Israel. Are you kidding me? What? Not, not great prophet. Not spoke in the, the rain stop. He said, oh, troubler of Israel. Israel. Now, this, this wasn't the first time that Elijah had been called a name, so he was totally okay with it. And, and guess what? In order for you to truly serve God, I believe this, you, you, can't, you can't live by the opinions of people. Because I heard a preacher tell me one time, son, if you live by their, their compliments, you'll die by their criticism. And, and so Elijah knew that, that he was in the will of God, and it didn't matter what other people said or called him, because God is faithful. His name meant, my God is Yahweh, the one true living God, the, the way, the truth, the life, the Alpha, the Omega the beginning and the end and, and so he came in and he said there's a there's a look look he's oh troubler Ahab looked at him and said oh son of a Tishbite from Tishbe are you with me where have you been? And look at what happens. Look at what he says in verse 18. He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. Hold on a second, Elijah. Hold on. There's a bounty on your head. This king has the ability to kill you. Are you listening and say, I am? So you might want to start your sermon out with a joke. I'm just saying. 
But Elijah went, no, 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 he says, no, he doesn't because why? There wasn't any more time to waste. There wasn't any more days that he could have taken for granted. He knew that God's people had to come to a decision today, right now. Paul says, today is the day of salvation. Church, have you looked around lately? Our world isn't getting any better. God needs faithful, steady, strong people who don't care what the world says, but says, my God is Yahweh. That, can I, are you with me this morning? Say, I am. If God's been good, would you give him some praise? Look. I love this. By the way, I've been, uh, I started something new for my girls. Y'all know that I'm going to give uh, th- this, my preaching Bibles to my girls. I'm going to keep them for seven years. And, and so I've been writing my, my titles of my sermons and highlighting them, and I've been dating them in there, putting the date, because I, I, want, my, I want my girls, can I, can I be honest with you, church? I want my girls to know that I'm not perfect, I make mistakes, but I stand on this word, Amen. Look at what he says. In your father's house you have, and, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed the Baals. You followed all these other little gods. You know what he was, he was telling Ahab? God gave you this kingdom, and after he gave it to you, you turned aside. He said you started following all these other little gods because he, looked, looked, he, he, wanted, he wanted him to understand they, they had all these agricultural fertility gods, and, and so... Ahab had turned aside, and Elijah calls him out and says, no, 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 I'm not the troubler. You're the one that has forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed the Baals. And look at verse 19. Now for send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. Why Mount Carmel, church? Because Mount Carmel was the center of pagan worship. Mount Carmel was at the feet of Jezebel's house. You didn't get it because God isn't intimidated by your enemies. God isn't worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. God doesn't care what the news channel says. God doesn't care what the newspapers say. God doesn't care what the enemy has put into your life and into your, into your mind because God can rescue you. He can redeem you. He isn't intimidated by anything of this world. He spoke this world into existence with one word and he'll speak it out with one word. He spoke his son into this world with one word and he spoke you into this world with one He's not intimidated. He's not scared. He's not afraid. He's not nervous. He's not worried he's not broken he's not messed up he's whole he's living he's strong he's mighty he's hey are you with me say I am I don't think I can preach any harder this morning I want you to get it Elijah where where does your source come from he says you've you got it all wrong and he said I want you to meet me on top of Mount Carmel because God will stack the odds against himself hello I don't care how big and bad you are, coach. 850 to 1 is bad odds. Would you agree with me? I don't care how strong you are. 850 to 1 is not good. God will even give his enemies home field advantage. Why? Because he's not intimidated or afraid. And he will, he will stack the odds against us so that there's no human way possible to get out of it so that he gets the glory for it. Are you with me? Say I am. Man, I got some stuff from this scripture this week. Can y'all tell? 
Don't worry, I got about 100 more I got to read, so stay with me. Hope y'all aren't hungry. <laughs> he said, I want you to, look at verse 19, I want you to meet me on Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 450, uh, 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. He said, I want you to meet me on Mount Carmel. God wants to meet you on Mount Carmel today because there's a decision that you have to make. There's a decision, do you keep supplementing things in your life or do you go to the one true source? There's a decision you have to make today, are you going to keep jumping the fence and, and serve? Look, this is what we do, we, we, this is what we do. We get up on the mountain at church and, and you hear it every week that God's good, but you go home and you turn the news on and you get down here and you doubt. Hey, you come to church and you, and you, and you get up here and, and you get on the mountain and you see that God's faithful. But then your bank account takes a dip and you get down here and you wonder if he's still there. Come on, church. He said, he said I want you to go to Mount Carmel today. I'm going to put you in enemy territory. I'm going to stack the odds against you. And then I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to redeem you. Because that's what I do. I am the Lord God of Israel. Eliyahu is going to meet you there. Bring all your 850. I love it. I can imagine God, Tom just... God's saying, bring them, bring them all. You bring all you got, and I'm going to bring my boy. I bet he said something like, Eliyahu, or something. <laughs> I bet he spit a little bit when he said it. <laughs> I'm going to bring my boy. Because God isn't scared of a fight. He's not going to back down. If you're listening, say I am. Look what happens in verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, this is where I want to I focus. This is what caught my attention. He said, I'll. Elijah came to all the people, verse 21. Everybody say, how long? And he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? These weren't pagan idolaters. These were God's people. This was his church. These were his followers. These were the people that he had been faithful to. These were the people that he had brought into the promised land. These were the people that believed a good report. And he brought them into this place and he says, how long? I love one version that said, how long will you waver? How long are you going to waver? How long are you going to deliberate whether I'm the one true source or I'm not? How long are you going to be faithful one day and then deny me the next day? How long are you going to how long are you going to doubt that I can supply all your needs? How long are you going to worry? Are you with me church? How long are you going to be afraid? And he looked at him and he says, "How long will you falter?" Go with me. Look at what it says. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. They didn't say nothing, just like y'all. <laughs> y'all know I love you. I'll share a story with you because it's getting kind of heavy right here. I, uh, y'all know where I come from. I shouldn't be a preacher, but... Um, God sent April into my life and rescued me. And I remember the first night I seen her. And I said to every one, some of my friends that were there that night, I said, I'm going to marry that girl. 
And they laughed at me. But the moment I seen her, I knew that I was going to marry her. And from that day forward, Coach, my heart never wavered. I never changed my opinion. I never went back and forth. And I remember, Scott, I remember the, the first date I was going to, well, the first date that people knew about. Because their dad was an independent fundamental Baptist preacher. And I didn't have a very good track record. And that's not a combination, you know. You got to start your sermon out with a joke and not go right at, right at the, the main topic. And I remember she called me. I was getting, man, I was all starched up. I had my cinched jeans on. Come on, church. Have my button up. I look good. All 140 pounds soaking wet. I was skinny and I was ugly, but I was proud because I had me a woman finally. <laughs> Come on, church. Help me out. And I remember, I remember uh, she called me. She said, well, we, we kind of got a little problem. Oh, what? See, I, I was all in. My heart was in high-speed DSL mode. Hers was still on dial-up. Come on, church. <laughs> AOL. <laughs> she said, well, you're going to have to come talk to my parents. Okay, because they don't really like you. <laughs> they don't like me. No, and they don't want me to go out with you. And I remember... This is, this, is my, this is my preacher answering. I said, you tell your parents to meet me on top of Mount Carmel, and let's do this. <laughs> I'll never forget, he's standing at the back, so I got to tell the truth now. I'll never forget, I knocked on the, and, and, and you know what? I knocked on the door, and that red-headed Baptist preacher was standing there with fire in his eyes. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he, he said, uh, he just, I don't even remember what he said. I was so scared. I was shaking. But I never wavered. You, you know why? Because he wanted to make sure I wasn't playing games with his, what he had invested his life in. And after he seen my heart, and I'll never forget it. He, he would later tell me, he said, one day you'll understand. And I do today. I got two girls, and I got live ammunition. Are you with me, Sam? <laughs> Stay with me, I'm, I'm almost done. Look at what happens. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elisha said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. For let, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull. Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan. Come on, y'all, that's funny. Come on. <laughs> Come on, y'all got to wake up this morning. Cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, put no fire under it, and I will prepare. I, I, spoiler alert, God's fixing to call down fire from heaven. God's people are fixing to make a decision. I'll prepare the other bull and I will lay it on the wood, but put, put no fire under it. And then you call the name of the, the, your gods and I will call the name of, I love that. Look, he said, I will call the name of your gods, lowercase, and I will call the name of the Lord and God who answers by fire. Fire represents divine approval in the Bible. It can also represent judgment. But there's something here, church. And, and look at what he says. He is God. So all the people answered it as well spoken. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it. For you are many. Call the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull, which prepared. Stay with me. I want you to get it. Given them. And, and look at what he says in verse 26. He, he, he said, given them, and they prepared it, and they called the name of Baal from morning till noon, saying, 
Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar. They did the Harlem Shake at the altar. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to get back on task. Which they had made. And so it was noon. And look at what Eliyahu says. Elijah mocked him and said, cry aloud for he is God. I don't think you're yelling loud enough. I don't, I don't think you're dancing enough. Would you, would you do it a little more and, and, and look what happens? And, and so <laughs> they cried aloud for he's got either he is meditating or he's busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping, but he must be awakened. If you're listening, say I am. And, and, and look at what he, you know, Elijah's thinking, how long will you waver? How long will you sit there every week and hear of my goodness and stay lost in that chair because the Bible says that Jesus could come any day. How long will you waver between the, the, you know what, Elijah understood there's two opinions. There's God's opinion and there's the world's opinion. He said, meet me on top of Mount Carmel. Meet me on top of Mount Carmel and I want to show you who the living true God is. And look at what happens, nothing happened. Elijah in verse 30 said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Look at verse 31. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes, the sons of Jacob, to whom the world, the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. He wasn't just stacking stones, church. He was reminding them of who they were and where they had come from. How long will you falter? How long will you waver between the world's opinion and God's opinion. Are you getting it this morning? Say I am. Then the stones he built to alter the name of the Lord and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. He put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said fill four water pots of water and pour it on the burnts. I'm just saying when there's a drought you don't really want to be pouring water out. But God isn't intimidated by your circumstance or your situation. There's so much here in the scripture. I wish I could stay here all day. Then he said, do it a second time. I see you move. You move a mountain. And I believe that he can do it again. Come on, church. Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench with water. And it came to pass that the time of offering, stay with me. If you're listening, say I am. Everybody say how long. Off of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And I have done all these things at your word. Look at what he says in verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God. And that you have turned their hearts back to you. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. He said, I want you to meet me on Mount Carmel. Because you've been dealing with some things for a long time, many days, and you've been faltering between two opinions. If God is good enough to save you, which he is, 
He's great enough to be in your life every single day. He said, how long, church, will you waver between the opinions of me and the opinions of the world? Matthew 17 tells us that Jesus went up on a mountain. Are you with me, church? Say I am. He said, I want you to go up on that mountain. Elijah, man, I don't like ladders, so y'all know I'm brave today. He said, I want you to go up on top of Mount Carmel. And I'm going to use you to turn my people's heart back to me. He said, they've been wavering for years of different opinions and different beliefs, but they need to know today that I am the Lord, your God of Israel, the one true living God. Isn't it amazing that Moses went up on a mountain? Are you listening to church? And he brought down the Ten Commandments. And, and then Elijah went up on a mountain and he brought down fire from heaven. But they were all pointing to the one, stay with me, Elijah was just a shadow for the one that would come, that would go up on a mountain, and he wouldn't take a sacrifice, he wouldn't carry a bull, he wouldn't build an altar, because he was the sacrifice. He wouldn't carry water to pour out, because he would pour out his blood, and he would wash us of our sins, and he would conquer the grave and death and sin. He's alive and well today. How long will you waver? Worship team, would you come this morning? God wants to take you. Would you stand to your feet all across the room, heads bowed, eyes closed?